This is Sports Sunday. I'm so upset. I'm so upset right now. With T.J. Carpenter. Because I'm hungry. I haven't had food. On Sports Radio 810. All I've had are rolled gold pretzels. Cheddar flavored. WHB. This is upsetting. And I know she'll be the death of me. At least we'll both be numb. Welcome back to the show. You can check it out online, 810whb.com and on the 810 mobile app. We are not going to give an update to the Knicks game from Friday. By the Excuse way, me, the Golden State Golden Warriors. State, Golden State Memphis game. The, yeah, Golden State Memphis game. And TJ, welcome to the show. I don't know how to explain this. I got Zeke-willed. Is that the best way to explain I can't feel my face. My face feels like it's in another dimension right now. When I went to Miami on vacation, like, like I think it was like two years ago now, went to a vacation. They played this song on every station, every third song. We could we could shift through radio stations and just listen. This was our Miami soundtrack. It was this and that and that. I can't. I don't even know who sing, who sings it. This that rap song where that guy talks about like. Hundred thousand dollar, hundred two hundred thousand million dollar. Like he just he just like goes through like recites how much money he has. Are they fifty grand, hundred grand, grand hundred grand. I gotta find that now. Probably can't play that one on the radio though. No, you cannot. They can play it in Miami, but not here. That song would start riots. That would that song would start Jesus riots here in Kansas City. Oh, no, it's freaking Drake. It's it, ten bands. Ten bands? Yeah, that's Drake. Yeah, I didn't know that was that song has not aired in Kansas City. We're gonna play the radio edit coming back from the next break. I, I that song is not aired in can. I'm pretty sure that song has not aired in Kansas City. You want to make a bet on that? I don't know how we would settle it. One zero three three. Call one zero three point three. They've played it. Hot one zero three jams, baby. <laughs> Number six on my car's presets. <laughs> it just. <laughs> Do you know anyone who listens to 103.3? Call them and they will. You do? Yeah, it's, it's number six on my car's presets. This is my number six FM preset. What's sad about my presets is that at this point in my life, I listen to AM and satellite radio almost exclusively. Yeah, I just chase Drake songs. They all just check it every once in a while to see. You like Drake, though. I don't yeah. like Drake. Well, that's your. I mean, you will after this. I'm pretty sure the song you're talking about is Ten Bands by Drake. Ten Bands? Yeah. Play it. I No, I can't yet. We're, Charlie's going to find the clean version, and we it's can't got stream the... from this computer. This computer doesn't play audio okay. smoothly. It's unbelievable. Right. No, it's all right. I, it drives me insane. That's okay. Ten the Bands, worst, 50 the Bands, worst. 100 Bands, Bleep It, Man. Yep, yep. Let's not even discuss it, man. Yep, that's right. OMG? Yep. That's not Drake, by Bleep the way. It is that. Drake. No, that's it's not Drake. Drake. It's Drake. It's, so close. It's, it's 100% from Drake. I don't think My that's ex the song. asked me where you move in. I said on to better things. I don't think that's poetry. the same song. I don't think it's the same song. That's what I just asked. Is it ten bands? <sighs> this is a good song. It's got the little it's got the little like hip hop. They've got like a little like siren thing in the background. I they don't think this I don't think it's Drake then. I'll keep I'll keep doing I don't think, I, I don't think it's Drake. 
Yeah, so I got Z-Quilled last night. It's not drunk because, like, I I will wake up through drunkenness. Like, that's totally fine. Um, It's not, I, I don't, like, I don't have a cocaine habit. Yet. <laughs> but you you put Z-Quil in my coffee, I, I'm, I feel like I'm waking up from hibernation. Seriously, I, I like it's unbelievable how much that stuff puts me out. I and I I think I only took like half of what you're supposed to take. I don't know if I ever feel worse. Than, and like you know, look, this is one of the things I suffer from because I work at night most of the time. I work at night, so I get off at like ten thirty, and I get home. And I'm pumped, like you know, doing the show gets your adrenaline going. You're 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 very active. You're very excited about it, and then you go home and you have all this energy, and it's eleven thirty. So, like, I have insomnia. Like, I can't sleep. There are times where I will be wide awake at three a.m. and I'm I'm just helpless. I'm like I have I have to go to sleep and I can't. And so, occasionally, I will yes, I will imbibe chemicals. To to sleep and and every once in a while I will be like man I'm gonna go on a Zquil trip tried it last night regret it hugely just don't do that on nights when you have to work in the morning I would have not slept I guess I guess I would have gotten two hours of sleep last night I guess it also would have been poor uh, can do you think I can identify that song in the first ten seconds because the first mm-hmm. ten seconds are definitely clean okay here we yep. go we're gonna give it a shot yep. I keep it on a hundred grand. I'm standing, I'm standing. Nope. Okay. Nope. Wrong, Good, because I think it might be the Drake song. It's not. Th- it's not Drake. It is. It, you it don't is, know Drake. It is a much dirtier rapper. This is the kind of. Give me. Give me some more lyrics from it, if you can. Give me anything from it again. It's like hundred thou, another hundred thou. Oh, okay, that's totally different. Of course, it's not Drake. Gucci, maybe. Yeah, that sounds like that's closer. This was like auto-tuned to the nth degree. There's a song called Super Super Carl Wayne called Hundred Thou. Yep, let's try that. Uh, well, I, no, not I'm gonna listen to it first. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't play that. Let's try that one. Sports was awful yesterday, by the way. So bad. I took a bunch of Zequil before the Raiders game. I don't regret it. Yesterday, <laughs> yesterday you should have. Everyone should have taken Zequil and then watched the Raiders and Texans. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Connor Cook took Zequil and then tried to pass to Amari Cooper. Actually, I don't even think he was trying to pass to Amari Cooper. He was trying to pass to some of his Michigan State wide receivers, Baylor wide receivers. Excuse me. I thought he went to Michigan State. He went to Baylor. He was trying to pass to some of his Baylor wide receivers and and then realized, oh, wait. I woke up in the middle of a, in the middle of an NFL playoff game. Why on earth did the Raiders ask Connor Cook to pass forty times in that game? Why? We have some bad news updates over here on this side okay. of the glass. Right. It might be Gucci's hundred grand, hundred thousand. What was it? Hundred grand. It might be Gucci's hundred grand. Okay, but there's not a clean version of that song. No, there's not. Um, and then the Super Carl Wayne one has like. 2,500 views on YouTube. So while it is called Hunter Thou, I don't think that's it. No, no, no. Early investigation. 
getting a song by Devlin. We're, ser- we're searching into Devlin now. Okay. I don't know who Devlin is. I'm just looking forward to playing Drake coming back from the next. Yeah, I think you could just you could just Google Miami Summer Radio, and then you could get pretty good. Like, yeah, this is it's that song. It's it was the second most played song in Miami after the Cocaine song by the Weekend. That's what that song's about, right? Cocaine or Zeke? Yeah, it's about, <laughs> it's about it actually is about cocaine. In fact, he references it. On uh, the song "Recommend" on his new album "Starboy," which is very good. Starboy is fantastic. Yeah, um, love that song. But so that, the whole album is also well, right? I, I know you're you talking about single the album. playing trash. <laughs> well, first Listen of all, in 2017, everybody single plays. So why don't you just get off your high horse? You are, by the way, you are wearing a hoodie that has planets on it. You're wearing an all-gray sweatsuit. What? <laughs> I do I do look like I am a member of a cult. You Or, or look like you just got done, like, training other boxers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I look, I look like I've been training with Rocky. You look like every sparring partner. I look like an extra from Ray Donovan. I don't know what that is. No? Not a clue. I got Rocky, though. That was a nice reference. Football was so bad yesterday. Are we still talking about that? Yes. Hopefully, hopefully it's better today. Football was awful. The late game was bad. The worst kind of football is the kind of football that's trash and also non-competitive. And I thought at least there was a hope that the Raiders and Texans would be competitive. The the Texans got out to a 10-point lead and it was over. And you knew it. You knew it was over because for some reason the Raiders chose to ask a rookie quarterback who had never played before to pass the ball 40 times in that game instead of run when they've got five running backs. All right, oh no, let's ask this let's ask this uh this guy who's never played before to throw to Amari Cooper 40 times. And by the way, he threw he threw to Amari Cooper 9 times. Amari Cooper had two catches for 10 yards. Big news from that game, though. I watched it. I almost texted you, and I forgot, and I forgot about it because that game was Zequil. Uh, Michael Crabtree's chain is inside of his shoulder pad. It's shorter than his shoulder pad neckline. So it's outside of his compression uh, okay. shirt. All right, I got you. But it's not, like, hanging on his shoulder pads. That's why it flops out. That's why it bounces around. That's how Aqib Tlaib could yank it. Yeah. But it's not, like, it's not like hitting, like, underneath the NFL logo. It's all contained underneath the, the neckline of his shoulder well, pads. Well, it, it, it is... When the game starts, and then as the game progresses, the chain flops out, and he doesn't know because he's wearing a helmet and he's wearing pads, and at that point it becomes a hazard. I feel like again, it's just a hazard of being too baller, and of that hazard, Michael Crabtree has run aground. You can't tell him not to wear it, I guess. But the I... NFL tells people not to wear like black shoes sometimes. That's true. In fact, our boy Sean Barber. And his job now is to tell players when they're in uniform violations. That's what he does now. He works for the NFL, works for the league, and makes sure guys are. He's like, hey, man, you got to wear different socks. They have two guys at every NFL game, two, that are supposed to watch the game for the explicit reason that they need to look at what players are wearing to make sure they're not in violation of the uniform code. 
Are the NFL's priorities out of whack? Like, how long did it take to get, like, an independent neurologist? Like, longer than it took to get an independent <laughs> uniform looker. They, they have two guys at every—they have 64 uniform members, uniform watchmen, and <laughs> independent neurologists. I think there are, like, 10. They have, like—here's here's how ridiculous that is. They have 64 uniform watchers and part-time referees. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yes. Also— how did the bet go? You have you and Sean Barber. You said on I Saturday. I am up. I am. I am up one hundred push-ups. That's what I thought. So you said the bet I was, covered. Yeah. You had you had the favorites against the spread. He took all the underdogs against yes. the spread for fifty push-ups a game. That's right. So you, I, at what, worst, no one's doing push-ups. At worst, no. Well, no. I think what's going to happen is he's going to do a hundred push-ups next to me, which is actually worse. Because, oh no! Because at this point now, if I lose these next two games today, yeah. We're going to do a Facebook Live video of me and Sean Barber basically competing to do 100 push-ups, and he will do them much faster than me. He might do, like, he might try to lap you. <laughs> right. So I didn't realize that. Oh, that makes the bet yeah. much better. Right. But it's also terrifying for you. I thought I thought about this last time. I'm like, yeah, this is good for me because I'm not going to have to do 200 push-ups now. And then I realized, wait. I could still lose these two games today, and then what makes it worse is that we're going to do this Facebook Live video, and Sean Barber, I'm going to have to do push-ups next to an NFL athlete? I think the actual worst thing is it goes 50 to 150, and he does 150 faster than you complete your 50. <laughs> that would be the worst. That would be bad. He's doing three push-ups to every one push-up that I do. Yeah. I think really, like, it would look close at the beginning, but he would just never slow down, and by, like, 42, you are just, like... Even. Right, I can knock out twenty push-ups very easily. Sure, um, forty around forty, I start to feel it. The next, I could make it. I could make it to fifty, no problem. Um, it's after fifty. You got a whole the, lot stronger after realizing you don't have to go past hundred at least. No, no, no question. Like I, it's the uncharted territory that I am concerned with because I can get to fifty push-ups. I feel like fairly easily. But I've never tried to do more than that in one push-up setting, you know, in one set. There, there is zero chance you would do a hundred without like hitting your knees. Like, there's, there's no chance you would. I don't think you would so. drop to all fours for I a second. Do it. I, I think it'd be, it. I think it'd be actually impossible. Like under your head, I think you would lose your brains. No, I, I, I could do a gun to my head. By the way, that phrase is that phrase not allowed. Or do we still allow gun to my head? I mean, it feels like something we should probably have graduated past. Yeah, sort of ingrained in me. That seems like that. That's gonna be my Bobby Bowden moment. In but you're years. you're a college student. I feel like you have a better sense of whether or not that phrase is okay in 2017. Like as soon as you think about it, like oh, that's probably way, not a good phrase. Why are we? Why are we taking cues from college students on what's okay and not okay to say in 2017? That's that's a problem with our society. I think we're we're not actually. I think just college students know how to use the internet so that older people who don't know how to use the internet just see a lot of it and they're like, oh, these damn college kids. And then they <laughs> then like Donald Trump gets like the president, even though like no millennial, like it the like, it, every state with voters under yeah. 25 or something voted for Clinton. Whatever. It's we are still. Like the, the college student group is always well, going to be a minority. I mean, more more people voted for Clinton. Are you sure? Yep, it's not what I've heard. No, it, it's a hundred percent what everyone's heard. 
That's a matter of record, isn't it? No, I've, I've heard the only people who voted for Hillary Clinton were college students and Russians. No, the Russians definitely voted for Trump. That's what the mainstream media wants you to believe. Oh, okay. My bad. I apologize for watching CNN, which, by the way, independent of Trump, I feel like I would still need to apologize for watching CNN. You have to apologize for watching anything. Here's what's weird. Somebody actually, actually, I had this, I had this argument. It wasn't really an argument. It was like a debate. I had this debate with my fiance. She looks at CNN and thinks liberal media. I have never looked at CNN and thought liberal media in my life. MSNBC for sure. I mean, they wear it on their shoulder, which I I, I respect them more for doing that than Fox News for trying Fair to pass themselves off as middle of the road. Um, but CNN? C- is CNN liberal media? The president-elect thinks so. I've heard people say that ESPN is liberal media. That's right. SB Nation is liberal media. That's the thing. Like, it's so subjective. And also, all media outlets, this is one of my biggest pet peeves, all media outlets are made up of individuals, obviously, mm-hmm. so there, there's a, and, there's, and people are on a spectrum there are going to be liberal, more liberal people at Fox News than your median. That's the, how statistics work. Mm-hmm. If you want to find someone on some station that has views too polarized for you, you're going to find that person. Congratulations. If you're upset at that, consume other media. That's on you. That's not on some person to represent every political opinion. Get some diversity in your consumption. What happened? Got him upset. What? Why? The NFL yesterday was terrible, man. Yeah, it was really bad. <laughs> it's got everybody in a bad mood. The basketball games were bad. By the way, how's Golden State Memphis going? It's over. Oh, really? Memphis won in overtime. That ended in this segment? It did. It didn't. Wow. Yeah, just actually a couple of minutes ago. <laughs> I can't believe I missed it. When did they tip? 8.30? <laughs> we talked about the results of Golden State Memphis yesterday. That's what you did in the first segment. They play again this morning. That's a hell of a back-to-back. Doubleheader. It's a doubleheader. It's the West Coast. The hours get you mixed up. <laughs> it's true. Everybody in the arena took Zequel the night before, and they're, all, not, they're just not tipping off. They all just woke up in their seats. Did you see that video of the Chicago Bulls mascot? <laughs> plowing into the plowing popcorn Plowing into the yes. popcorn guy. I refuse to believe it was anything other than perfectly staged. You think that was staged? It had to be. He hits him so hard. <laughs> he does hit him so he hard. He hits him so hard. My, but here's my main logic here. Um, because I need, to, I need to reevaluate the tape, but I have some special inside information, some special experience. I was the Chick-fil-A cow mascot plenty of times. Really? Yes. So I know what it's like to be a mascot, and boy, are little kids the worst. Anyway, have you ever had a little kid pull on your tail? No, you haven't because you're a human being. Right. I sometimes yeah. was a cow with a tail. Having a little kid pull on your tail... I just wanted to just go limp and then just collapse <laughs> on the child and just let him squirm away. Why but, not do that? Because uh, I'd get fired. <laughs> Charlie just reached over to mark the keyboard. Why would you? Why would you get fired for that? For laying on a child. That's why. <laughs> um, also, <laughs> like manslaughter, uh, child slaughter. Um, <laughs> right? You have to. They would invent a new law: child slaughter. Child slaughter. So, Charlie, can you pull up the video really quick of the Chicago Bulls mascot running into the popcorn? Because what I'm thinking, if I remember correctly, the Chicago Bulls mascot 
had a blindfold over the yeah. costume's eyes. Right. If you're in that costume, you're looking out the nose or, like, the neck or something. That yeah. flake how is seven feet tall. There's a little vent, like, in, like, the throat region. That's where I was sure, seeing. Sure, but he hits him so hard. I'm not debating the the dynamics of seeing out of a mascot head. I, I understand. I think you are. I understand that, but I have to say, if he, I mean, he has to be really committed to his job. That is an excellent acting job on the part of that mascot if he knew he was about to run into a guy who was holding a bucket full of popcorn. He misses that trampoline as he's running. Because the way it's set up, the way it's set up is that the mascot is supposed to jump on a trampoline and then dunk a basketball um, blindfolded, right? So he's running down the court to jump on this trampoline to, that will pole vault him towards the bucket where he will dunk the basketball. He misses the trampoline by, like, a quarter of an inch. He is right there. He, I, I'm shocked that he did not accidentally, even if he could see, trip over the trampoline. I mean, he misses that corner by just a, a fraction and he he is wearing a smaller costume because like he's actually moving his own arms, but I'm still confident he's looking underneath where the blindfold was. I don't know why he wouldn't have slowed down if he would have seen that he missed the trampoline and was seeing. Also, think of the guys that get like crushed by Casey Wolf sometime before Chiefs games. They're just paying people to get jumped on by a yeah. giant wolf costume. Right. Right. I'm thinking this popcorn vendor just got like a nice a nice little extra bonus. Also, him standing right there was kind of strange. Also, I, I think I think this was staged. I am a Benny the Bull popcorn vendor truther. <laughs> it was it was all staged. George W. W was at fault. Mascots can't melt steel beams. <laughs> uh, it was good. What well done, by the way. If if that was acting, a plus. The, the bull thing. He deserves not, an Oscar for that. The bull thing, not nine eleven. Yes. Okay, just wanted to check. We were just talking about George Bush. And just wanted to clarify. Yeah, we need to we need to clarify. No one deserves an Oscar for nine eleven. This is Sports Sunday. You want an upset? Uh, Chiefs I'm over pretty... Patriots. Book it. You know what's to be an upset? Chiefs over Packers. Book it. There's your four upsets. Those two first-rounders and the Chiefs over the Patriots and the Chiefs over the Cowboys. With T.J. Carpenter. Packers is what you said the first time. Whoa! You're not going to finish? Whoa! On Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back to the show. You can listen to Josh's podcast What's it called? The Roughing the Kicker roughing podcast? Roughing the Kicker. Roughing the Kicker, yeah. I'm going to use that for my open from now on. That right there. That right there. You listen You're to Josh's doing podcast. The Tomahawk Shop. No, no, you saying, what's it called? Well, oh, the, yeah. That's the open now. Listen to Josh's podcast. I don't know what it's called, but listen to it. You know, you can find that. You can find it on my Twitter page, which is on Twitter at JB Briscoe. That's JB, hold on, J-B-B-R-I-S-C-O. I'm on Twitter right there. You can just search my name, Joshua Briscoe, on Twitter. You can get 
You know, to be honest with you, your Twitter is woefully underwhelming. Your Twitter is unbelievably overwhelming. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I tweet too much. You don't tweet really at all. And when you do, it's this very serious analysis, I guess, of what you would call it. I tweet very aggressively during games. Yeah. Um, Yeah, but it's never insightful. How dare you? How dare you? Every time I see a tweet, I'm like, I expect more of that. I expect more than that from Josh. Every time I open your Twitter, I go, God, I expect Stop DJ tweeting. to know how to shut his mouth better than this. Man. Man, he gives a lot of— Why can't he stop typing? He gives a lot of airtime to people who hate him. Man, he's more annoying online than he is in person, and that's an unbelievable thing to realize. That's what it I think. Is. Yeah. I am way more annoying online. There's no question. It's, it's a landslide. And you I are think... very annoying in person. I think that's why people hate me so much. One of the reasons. Yeah. Yeah. My annoying online persona. Yeah, that, that's a, that's a big that part happen? of it. How did that happen? I don't know how that happened. You are you are bad in written media. How? Why? In 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 nonverbal communication. Is it my tone? You have a terrible written tone. Yeah. My written tone is very. Um, it's a lot of conviction. There's a lot of conviction in my written tone, but also a lot of uh, bipolary. I feel like I'm I'm blaming you for receiving a text message from me as I'm sending it to you. You're perpetually blaming people in your written forms. Yeah, yeah. For being awful. For being less than me. There it is. Yeah, there, there, That's there, what it right, is there right we there. go. That's the <laughs> the immediate juxtaposition of awful and being less than me. That's the <laughs> I'm I'm uh, my tweets are in 140 characters blaming you for being less than me in just an inference. I don't state it explicitly, but you just know that I feel as though I'm superior to you, and you should you are at fault for that in my tweet. Also, you've never had. An avatar that's not very douchey. It's the avatar, too? What's wrong with my avatar? Your history of avatars, like, is all... It's just my face. Is it back to just your face now? Or is it your Halloween costume? It's the Halloween costume. Right, so you've got Halloween costume. My face. Your face, but again, like a professional headshot. It's very serious and very douchey. Um, What do I need? What do I need to change There's one with you in sunglasses after your eye surgery that I took. Yeah. That one was probably the best. It seemed like you had a sense of humor still. I don't know why your Halloween costume doesn't give that off, but it doesn't. How does it not? It's a very serious sense of humor. <laughs> it's, a, it's like, look at me being Look, humorous. this is supposed to be funny. Laugh. Right. Laugh now. Yeah. Or I will blame you. That's exactly right. For not being me. <laughs> yeah, that's probably accurate. I don't really know how you fix it other than, like, getting a different face. No, I can't. I can't fix it. For some reason, my face... Have you tried? ...gives off, um, gives off a, uh, a foul stench. You should shower more, probably. People look at my face, and, and they just think, I don't like or trust him. Yeah, untrustworthy. That's a good because like there are people like like Grayson Allen has like a punchable face. You know, he tried to 
trip somebody, somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Sorry to make us stumble back into sports there. No pun intended. Um, but you don't have a punchable face necessarily. You have a very unlikable face. You have a seedy face, an unlikable face, an untrustworthy face, a weaselly face, kind of a snobby face. Snobby for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't really done though. Mm. You can stop. Okay. <laughs> John Dorsey might be leaving for the Packers job. I find this story annoying on a number of levels. The first is that John Dorsey should not bother anyone because of the two people who came in in that deal, John Dorsey and Andy Reid, John Dorsey is, by a large margin, the less important one. So, I don't understand why anyone would feel slighted if he left. So that's number one. And, you know, a lot of that has to do with, you know, how you present yourself. And John Dorsey does not present himself well. He's done a good job. I'm not trying to say he hasn't done a good job. Um, He has. um, And I think his track record over four years of drafts is pretty good. It's not perfect, but it's pretty good. I, I, I think he's done, a, he's done a fine job. But I think that you can replace John Dorsey with basically anyone, and they will do a good job because they are around Andy Reid. Andy Reid says, I want this, 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 and this. And they will do that. So, while John Dorsey and Andy Reid are, at least in the flow chart of authority, on the same level... I think that flowchart was created for us, not for them. I mean, if you had to look at at the a comparison of what the flowchart of authority is supposed to be according to Clark Hunt when they were hired and what the flowchart of authority actually is, I think that they look differently in this. In the flowchart that they that was presented to us, it Clark Hunt's at the top. And then it forks off into equal power between Andy Reid, the coach, and John Dorsey, the GM. But in reality, the flow chart looks like this. Clark Hunt's the owner who is in Dallas, and so you just take him off the flow chart. Andy Reid's on top, and then it goes down to John Dorsey, who he tells what to do. That's the reality of the flow chart. So, you're basically saying... We don't want to lose this second-in-command because he does exactly what Andy Reid tells him to do because things have gone well. All right. I, I understand things going well. You don't want to touch it. We've talked about this before. NFL franchises are a ship in a bottle, and once you get it set up, nobody people say don't touch it. Just don't don't mess with it. It's working. Don't touch it. Everything is fine. It's a house of cards. Don't don't breathe on it too hard or everything will crumble. That's how we treat NFL franchises. It's different it's different even in baseball and basketball. But man, in in the NFL, people are upset. At one point in the season, people were talking about reasonable people by the way. We're talking about Dak Prescott being replaced by Tony Romo because Tony Romo's a better quarterback and the response was 
You can't change anything. Don't change anything. Tony Romo's a better quarterback than Dak Prescott is. He's better. His throws are better. The quality of his throws are better. His statistics are better. His leadership is better. His his experience is better. Don't touch it. They've won 11 games. Don't touch it. Don't change anything because it's working. That's, that's, That's the only reasoning that fans have with anything. And with the Chiefs, people will say, we can't lose John Dorsey because things are working. Don't touch anything. And what I'm telling you is, it does not matter. You could get somebody better than John Dorsey easily. If he leaves for Green, and I don't think he's going to leave for Green Bay, personally. But if he does, it's not the end of the world. Don't worry about it. It's fine. You're going to get somebody who's more articulate and better dressed. That's it. You're going to get a. You're going to get somebody who looks more like an accountant and less like somebody who's drinking beer and watching a football game on Sunday. Nice sweatsuit, by the way. If I didn't mention that already. I don't. The difference between me and John Dorsey and the way I'm currently dressed and the way he dresses is that he does that every day. He has seven of these outfits, which he rotates throughout the week. Sometimes he wears, like, khakis, right? With his sweater. No, no. Really? I think no. I've seen him wear khakis before. Sure. Why not? I think it's exclusively khakis, actually. I think That's what I was thinking. I think it's just yeah. khakis and a sweatshirt. I want to talk about John Dorsey. Can we talk about why he would leave? See, over, Ted TJ, Thompson, TJ his over job, on, blah, blah, blah. TJ on blah, my Twitter blah. account, over at JB oh, Briscoe on my Twitter God. account. People were asking me because they respect me more than you do. How many How many followers do you have? Uh, almost 1,000. Almost 1,000? Yeah, a little over 800, actually, rounding up. But so, if you'd like to get me closer to 1,000, you, you can do way, that on Twitter cannot, at JB. Until you get to 970, you cannot round up to 1,000. 850? You're, you need to round up to 850. I have almost 850 followers. Over at JB Briscoe. I haven't checked my phone. Maybe a bunch of people followed me since I mentioned my Twitter handle at the beginning of this segment. People were asking me, TJ, saying, why would he go? And it would make all the sense in the world for John Dorsey to go. He's going back home to Green Bay, where the hardest part of his job would be done already. Mm-hmm. He needs a franchise quarterback. Yep. He's got Aaron Rodgers. He can do what he did here with Aaron Rodgers instead of Alex Smith. Make that money. Aaron Rodgers is 33. Alex Smith is not good. <laughs> That's a great counter. <laughs> that's a that's a perfect counter to what I just said. Aaron Rodgers is 33. Alex Smith is not good. So that's the difference. Yep, that's uh that yep. Also like he's the same age. John Dorsey has to find a franchise quarterback here. Right, but his his ability to find a franchise quarterback um is going to come into question much sooner here in Kansas City. Yeah. So what you're Put saying that is off. that he is going to go the path of least resistance. Yeah, to the Super Bowls. Multiple. He doesn't want to prove himself as a GM. He just wants to ride the coattails of a great quarterback and then do the easy thing. No, he wants to have more time to find the next great quarterback. In Green Bay, he's got three or four years to find the next guy. Here, he might have one more year, and as soon as Alex Smith throws a pick, Twitter starts saying, where's the next guy? Yeah. It's a better situation because it has the quarterback already. And also, he's not the even guy with the head coach. He could fire Mike McCarthy, and it wouldn't change one thing. Right. Bring in his own guy, or at the very least, he could be instituted above the head coach. Why would he fire Mike McCarthy? He's not a good coach. He has a good quarterback. I think it was Keen Fahey on Lebetard who said, uh, if if Matt Ryan and if Matt Ryan had Mike McCarthy's system, 
he would be like absolutely unnotable this year. Do you Aaron Rodgers is doing Do you think work. John Dorsey listens to Kean Fahey? I don't know what John Dorsey thinks about Mike McCarthy. I'm saying, no, I don't he think, doesn't listen to I don't think The Mike answer Ma- to that question is no. He does not no, listen to No, I don't think it matters. I think it does. I think I think it matters what you— He's not the only guy saying Mike McCarthy is not a great head coach. Right, but I talked I talked about this uh, earlier this no, week about no, statistics. No, no, stop derailing this. Don't derail no, this. No, 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 no. No, you're derailing this completely. I'm not, de- I'm he's not either, derailing He's this. either over Mike McCarthy or over whatever head coach he brings in. It's about the power structure there. John Dorsey's no longer even with the head coach in Green Bay. He's been even with the head coach here. That's right. In theory, that's right, and maybe maybe he's been underneath to Andy Reid, and that is a whew, a lot of pressure there. It's a heavy weight to bear. If he doesn't want that, he can go be the guy in Green Bay. Mike McCarthy is not going to be put on top of John Dorsey. He can be the guy in Green Bay. He can have the quarterback in Green Bay and do what he's doing now, with more power, proving himself more. With an easier job. It sounds like you want him to leave. If No, if I was John Dorsey, I would, though. I hope he stays. Do I absolutely you? hope he stays in Kansas City. Of course. He just does what he's told, though. I don't know if I buy that. I don't think he adds anything to the equation. I disagree, but I don't really know. Exactly. So I can't. Maybe I can't. You, what, could you, what, what information do you need to, to figure that out? How the organization operates with personnel decisions. Right. How would you find that out? I'm not going to ask John Dorsey or Clark Hunt or Andy Reid. What I'm saying is that I've sat in a room over the last few years. Mm -hmm. Basically, since John Dorsey's been here, he invites media members to come watch film with him prior to the draft. And he says, here's how we're grading these guys, and we get to ask him questions. So I sit in a film room. I actually don't think I'm supposed to be saying any of this, by the way. Could you get me credentials of this? Oh, <laughs> this was like a secret thing that we were not supposed to talk about. Never heard about this. But it's dated. It's it's ha- he he stopped doing it because people were mad that it was happening. Um, people people were mad that it was happening and they were getting nothing out of it. Um, so we would just sit in a room for an hour and watch John Dorsey go over film. I'm telling you, man. I if if Andy Reid's not running the show. That guy is the Kaiser Soze of GMs. I think he might be. He's a puppet master. He could to- he could totally be Kaiser Sozeing us. And we're like, yeah, he- is he really, though? Is he that bright? And in reality, he is. He's a genius. But he portrays himself as a buffoon because he wants us to not respect him for his own gain. And I don't. I, I have a really hard time buying that because that's the only scenario in which I could see people saying, yeah, he really is. He's the puppet master. He is controlling things, and he's he knows exactly how to play the field, and he has all these connections, and behind closed doors, he is creating a chief dynasty. At the very least, you can say, I don't want him to leave for the sake of continuity. Andy Reid, if Andy Reid's in control of it, he's found his guy to work with. Right. You, I think it's very reasonable for any Chiefs fan to say, I want him to still be here. Continuity. But if I was John Dorsey, I would go. Also, it would if, if the Chiefs were ready for this to happen, it would explain why Chris Ballard hasn't been doing interviews this, this go-round as a GM. I think it was Arrowhead Pride tweeted out also that whenever, I think it was Joel Thorman asked, Andy Re- asked Clark Hunt about contracts, Andy Reid's on a five-year deal, and, and Clark didn't, didn't say 
the length of John Dorsey's deal. Yeah. He wouldn't say it was the same one. So maybe Dorsey's on a four-year deal. Maybe he hits up after this season. Mm-hmm. Chris Ballard knows that, and Ballard is angling to get the Chiefs GM job. And if that's the case, if he can work with Andy Reid, then maybe you don't see much change if your theory is right. But I'd rather keep the guys that are here here. But if I was John Dorsey, I would also go. So you don't want to see John Dorsey go for the sake of continuity, but if if you were John Dorsey, you would go because of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't think any of this matters. That's a bold stance for you to make. Maybe. I, I, he's, the, he's the GM of the football team. Have you heard the man explain anything about how the team operates. They're a winning football team, and he's the general manager of it. Yep. I don't think that's entirely meaningless, but okay, you do. So we disagree. Because I don't think he's making the choices independently. I don't think he's the reason. He's making the choices collaboratively. Do you give Ned, How much credit do you give Ned Yost? Some. Some. All right. I give some credit to John Dorsey. I give the vast majority of the credit for this team to Andy Reid. But you think now John Dorsey cut Rakeem, uh, Rameek Wilson, and uh, and Terrence Mitchell? But do you think John Dorsey had anything to do with bringing those guys back? I don't think. I, I do you think? But maybe Bob Sutton is making those moves because I think at the very least John Dorsey's got to no, know no, what's going no. on on the defensive I, I, I side. Think, I think that the those recommendations go up the flow chart, right? Right. So so. I don't think Andy does anything to do with the defense. No, 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 no. Do you have any reason to believe that he Bob does? Bob Sutton gives his recommendation to Andy Reid, as do all the assistant coaches, and then Andy Reid says, I want to keep these guys around. We can cut them, but try to get them on the practice squad. And then John Dorsey does the bidding of Andy Reid. I hope you're right, because I don't think Andy Reid is going anywhere else. And well, they're, probably gonna, they're probably going to extend him over this next offseason. Yes. He's got one full year left after this. I think that they could lose to the Steelers in the next round and still get extended, right? Yeah, you don't. NFL head coaches are so rarely in put in lame duck situations. I think even Chuck Pagano got an extension to avoid a lame duck year. Yeah, um, so that's not going to happen. No, Reed will stick around. I hope you're right. And if that is the case, if Chris Ballard can also come in and be Andy Reed's secretary, as your theory proposes, is that a bad? Great. It's not a bad theory, is it? You are making it out to be a bad theory, and it's not. I'm making it out to be a bad theory because I that because having having your GM be a glorified secretary. Why even bother bringing in a guy that Andy Reid hasn't worked hand in hand with? Why not just bring in Andy Reid's secretary? Like, what does John Dorsey add? John to the Dorsey equation? was the director of college scouting in Green Bay. That's right. He wasn't a GM. Mm-hmm. This was his first job. Right. He was he he is bono he is the classic case of glorified secretary. You bring in somebody who has no he is the David Beatty of hires. I, I mean like David Beatty was the director of recruiting for in Texas A&M. Has John Dorsey done got, a good job at in Kansas City? He's done a fine job. Is that measurable by your but no, definition? No no no, I I'm not I'm not saying that he has done a bad job. That's not what I'm saying. You're saying he's, he's done, done an irrelevant job. He's done an excellent job of doing the things that he's been asked to do. What I'm telling you is that the things he's been asked to do, a monkey could do. I was just going to say, Jack, you, do you think you could do his job? Yes. Do you think Chris Ballard could do his job? Could I and do? So, great. Could, could I take a piece of paper from Andy Reid and then do the thing written on that piece of paper? Yes. That's what I'm saying John Dorsey, for the most part, has done. 
Does he have skills? Does he have the does he have abilities? I'm sure. Has he been able to show those off in an independent way of Andy Reid? No, he hasn't. So if he goes to Green Bay, he will have an ability to do that. He will have an ability to run the show. Do I think the show will be run well? I have no idea. Because we haven't seen an example of that here in Kansas City. We've seen an example of him doing what Andy Reid's told him to do. In your opinion. JT, you're on Sports Sunday. Go ahead. Okay, first of all, I agree with your shot clock idea. I'm sorry, your shot clock idea. Um, sorry. We're I in his head. Your, yeah, yeah, we are. We are I, was, I was actually going to – I have it set up, but I wasn't going to play because I want JT talking about John Dorsey. And sure, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. It. If you start rambling, though, we're going to start the shot clock. Yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. So I agree with your idea of the flow chart. I believe John Dorsey absolutely works for Andy Reid, and it's as simple as who was hired first, okay? <clears throat> that tells you what the hierarchy is. Yep. However, I think you're completely dismissing his ability to go out there and constantly scout and find talent and the churning of the bottom of the roster that has made the Chiefs competitive and remaining competitive. It, under Pioli, this team would have failed because they would have had some schmuck in there who, who, who had a good character – to back somebody up rather than somebody who could actually play freaking football, right? <laughs> under under John Dorsey, he has gone out and found these guys uh, in the draft in the late rounds and uh, via free agent signings that, that the Chiefs didn't have before. And that is a job in and of itself, and that is a job that needs to be done for this team. It's absolutely what Andy Reid has told him to do, but that's what he does, and he does it incredibly well. The question is, can some? do we have anybody else – with the ability to pull that off, okay? Does Andy Reid know the next right guy to plug into that position that can make that happen as the GM? Because if he puts in there some guy who, like you said, is just a secretary and doesn't understand how to evaluate the talent and find those next guys and understand the NFL system well enough to know who's on which practice squad and how to go get them, um, which I don't think is that hard, but I do believe that that it is a skill set that Dorsey has down really, really well. Yeah, and so well, and sure, yeah. I and, and JT, thanks for the call as always, buddy. Uh, I I appreciate it. Look, I, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. That there, that if he does leave, he's done a great job of doing what he's done, and they could bring somebody else in, and and the the possibility that they're not as good at doing what they're told um, is. Is is plausible? Yeah, that that that's that could absolutely happen. The churning of the bottom half of the roster, you need to be a grinder to know the personnel, to to actually know who's good and who's a good acquisition and who's not. Of the nameless and faceless people that kind of go in and out of the league, at the bottom of the roster, and I think he is a grinder. He is. He he does watch a lot of film. He does watch. He, he he is very aware of the personnel in the league. How many of those bottom of the roster guys are getting significant minutes on the defense right now? At least half a dozen. You've got Reyes, Nunez, Rochez, Mitchell, Wilson, DJ Alexander. Like you, you have Terrence guys. Mitchell was a Terrence Mitchell is a very good example of bottom half of the roster acquisitions that have helped you. All of those guys I just mentioned are all those have had to play because Jay Howard and Alan Bailey are out and, and DJ's out. So many all all of Who? those five guys. Who? Derek Johnson. All right, there you go. I said DJ. Is that yeah. is that too much for you? I just hate that. Listen, man, I we'll take that. Um You're gonna start calling Tyreek Hill Reek? No. DJ DJ was like that was Man, before Reek, I started covering Reek's the Chiefs. Return that, that return that punt 
for a touchdown. You no. just watch. It, guys, guys who were on the Chiefs before I started, like, covering the Chiefs in any way, shape, or form, I have a hard time. I'm pretty sure Derek Johnson me. was on the Chiefs roster before you were born. He was he was drafted when I was, like, nine. Yeah. Um. So I have a problem with DJ and Tamba, man. Okay, sorry. Good Lord. Um, Tamba. I mean, that's his name. It is. It's, it's, his, first it's name. his first name. Hali. Right. I knew his last name. Yeah. They're playing so many of those bottom-of-the-roster guys. Not to even mention, like, the, the later-round draft picks that have become a real part of the team. I, I don't know how you can totally dismiss anyone who might be working that bottom of the roster, which is obviously, if, if Andy Reid is working the top of the roster and leaves the bottom for Dorsey, Dorsey might have the more important job this year, or at least a very, very important job this year. I, look, the GM is important. I'm not trying to say he's not. You just said a monkey can do his job. Yeah, you are. That's exactly what you're trying to I'm say. I'm saying this job in this regime yep. is not as important as other GMs are around the league. That's what you're saying right now. That's not what you said two minutes ago. You said a monkey could do John Dorsey's job. I'm John saying, Dorsey's job? He couldn't yes, do, he couldn't do saying, Ted I'm, Thompson's I'm picking, job. I'm picking John Dorsey's job. He couldn't do John Schneider's job in Seattle. John Dorsey's job has included getting half a dozen bottom-of-the-roster guys to play significant numbers of snaps every game on a team that just got the two-seed. Allegedly. No, no, no. The, the, the first part, not the two-seed part. Like the two-seed's decided, <laughs> the I think, two right? Seed, yeah, the two-seed's not alleged. On the, on the second-seed team in the AFC with so many top-of-the-roster injuries— I don't think a monkey would have ex- would have assembled that exact roster. In fact, I think a monkey probably would have had a hard time fielding a 52-man lineup. Would have signed Harambe. 